in the prison. It's an odd uh, the prisoner podcast. Welcome to Imprisoned in Prison, uh, the Prisoner Prison Cast. I'm your host, Mark Malik. This is your other host, Matthew Comagis. That's me scratching my hand because it's itchy because it's dry, I think. Scratching so, his hand because it's itchy and dry. Yeah. Someday your skin will be gone after you die. I am the anvil and you are the hammers. That's a sound sexual. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when someone in this episode says, I'm going to hammer you, that sounds sexual. <laughs> yes, it does, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like when you watch Ghostbusters these days and they're running around screaming out the keymaster and the gatekeeper. You're like, yeah, I didn't catch that when I was a kid, did I? <laughs> no. So, uh, ah. Hammer into Anvil. That sounds violent, which is this episode, mm. which is psychologically violent, I guess. It is psychologically violent. Uh, this episode, let's start the trivia. Do I have to say a start the trivia? I thought you were just going to do it. Well, I didn't. This episode was 12th in production order, produced after the general and before many happy returns. It was the 10th episode to air, and it aired on December 1st, 1967. Uh, Pat Jackson returns to direct, and he'll be back to direct one more episode after this. The infamous Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Darling, a.k.a. the one without Patrick McGowan. It's in like 30 seconds. Well, I mean, who knows when he filmed that. <clears throat> our writer is Roger Wattis. He worked primarily as a writer for print media as a satirist, poet, reviewer, and puzzle compiler. This was his only writing credit for The Prisoner, and in fact, he only wrote four television episodes in total, and three of them were th within a year of this episode. The fourth one was in 1975. So he didn't die in 1968. Good for him. No, he, he lived until like the 90s, not writing television. Uh, number two is Patrick Cargill. You might remember seeing him previously as the character Thorpe in Many Happy Returns, which actually was produced after this episode. There is no official explanation of whether the characters are the same person. I kind of think they aren't the same person. Well, we had lots of doppelgangers early in the show, right? It's true. I... Like I feel they... like maybe it was a missed opportunity, but they were just like, you... You're here. <laughs> uh, the Bandmaster is played by Victor Madern, a seasoned British actor who also counts among his 184 credits. I'm all right, Jack, and Psycho Circus. Says he for Psycho? I hope so. <laughs> it's just like someone gets stabbed in a tent. <laughs> it's like the shower scene, but it's like the whole tent, so they're just running around the, the big top. <laughs> Number 14 is played by Basil Hoskins, a television actor mostly known for appearing in 62 episodes of the long-running soap opera Emergency Ward 10, although there were 992 episodes in total. You could also catch him in Edge of Sanity and The Befrienders. Uh, our tragic victim at the beginning of the episode, number 73, was played by Hilary Heath. She started out as a child doing ballet and piano performances, which soon led to acting, co-starring in three Vincent Price films, as well as Two Gentlemen Sharing, Man at the Top, and Space 1999. She passed away in 2020 from complications of COVID-19. Uh this is one of the only Prisoner episodes to actually reference outside art, specifically George Bizet's Larlacienne. I hope I said that right. Which is appropriately the story of a woman who drives a man insane. The full Goethe quote, Goethe? Sure. Quote referenced in this episode is, you must either conquer and rule or serve and lose, be the anvil or the hammer. But later, it was George Orwell who wrote, In real life, it is always the anvil that breaks, the hammer, never the other way about. Foreshadowing. Mm, yes. Okay, that must mean Speaking of foreshadowing, 
This is where I foreshadow the entire story of the episode in a summary. Ooh. We open on number two, trying to convince number 73 of her husband's infidelity while she's in the hospital. He becomes impatient and attacks, attacks her. Number six rushes to her aid, hearing her screams from outside, but in the commotion, she jumps to her death. Number six tells number two that he will pay for his cruelty. Number six is then summoned to the green dome where number two slaps him and threatens him, letting him know that he intends to break him. Knowing that he's under surveillance, number six takes six copies of the same record at the music store and times them using his watch, then writes out a message that says from D6 to X04, which number 14 retrieves and brings to number two, who is now convinced that number six is a plant. Numbers 2 and 14 follow number 6 as he leaves a document in the stone boat. They retrieve and test it, but all the pages turn up blank after various tests. Number 2 accuses multiple people of colluding with number 6. Later, number 6 calls the head of psychiatrics, posing as a superior to get a report on number 2's mental state, which of course number 2 is monitoring. Number 6 then asks the town band to play a passage from the same Bizet record he was listening to earlier, and leaves to make sure he isn't around to hear it. He leaves a message to be read over the radio that's a happy birthday message from a deceased resident of the village on a day that is not actually his birthday, further arousing number two's suspicion. Number 14 now offers to actually kill number six and make it look like an accident. He challenges number six to a game of Kosho, but is completely unable to best him at it. Number six leaves a cuckoo clock at number two's door, causing him to panic and summon the bomb squad who discover that it's not a bomb, but just a cuckoo clock. Then number six attaches a message to a pigeon that means nothing and sends a visual message in Morse code on the beach that is a simple nursery rhyme and also means nothing. Number two is convinced that even number 14 is conspiring against him and fires him as well. 14 attacks number six for causing all this, but six wins the fight and throws him out a window. Finally, number six confronts number two at his headquarters, telling him that if he was a plant, then two was obliged not to interfere, which means that he failed. He hands him the phone and tells him to call his superiors and report himself for failing, which he does. That's being a failure. Yeah. So, so if you, a- is this, you can tell by the summary that this is kind of the dumbest episode of this show. But kind of the best at the same time. It's really good. It's a really good episode, but it's it's literally just punked. It's just one guy pranking another guy over and over who should really know better, but just to feed the story number two is just stupid in this. But it's weird, like surrealist punking, you know? None of it really yeah. makes any sense. I mean it's it's fun. It's like yeah, it's it's definitely um Reminds me of when I took a psychology, oh, sorry, philosophy class in uh, college, and I got kind of bored at how the guy ran the class, so I just started opening the, when I would show up at class, I would open the door like a certain amount and just would sit back and watch and see if everyone else would keep like opening the door the same amount. And it oh, just right, right, right. Always, it always worked. I Sometimes I'd close it, people just keep closing it. Yeah, yeah, I I thought about that. I, you know, like, and I've, classrooms i teach in so sometimes i'm like huh yeah you mess, with, you mess with people because you get kind of bored um of course this is much more <laughs> sadistic but also number two just Please. plays right into it like no he's asking for it, isn't he yeah it, it's um i'd say this uh this aired around like 10th 11th 12th in most episode orders so it's kind of like just a good place for some catharsis just like after six has been just screwed with so hard for the entire series that he just <laughs> is going to find a guy and screw with him. Yeah, sure. And he, yeah, screw with number two, of course. That sounds like fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was down for that. Does that make this like gaslighting the episode or? Yeah. I haven't yeah, seen the movie Gaslight actually, but. I, well, it doesn't matter. It's the concept, right, that we're talking about. I don't think. I'm sure the movie Gaslight is not this. Uh, Weird aggressive and weird and <laughs> aggressively <silly>. bizarre <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah there's my note there you can say so much with blank sheets of paper especially if you're gaslighting okay it's true <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just um, uh if you're listening to this and you uh just are bored at work just um send a document to someone that's blank <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the listening pod. Oh, yeah. That was cool. I, yeah, that was amazing. I want, want something like that to listen to records in. Yeah, I mean, I guess we don't... I don't know what the music scene is in, in the States, uh, so... Um, I don't really go... The uh, the most popular local record store jack their prices up so high that I just buy things over the internet now because I can't afford to support them. Well, they couldn't afford their rent, I guess. Um <laughs> Well, I, they're still there, so I guess they're affording it by somehow. But well, it was like the last time there was a record store day, it was like I went there and everything was minimum $10 more than, than it would be to have it shipped to my home. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's that's no good. Anyway, yeah, like um, I guess we still got listening stations at the local tower, but it's all K-pop, uh, hmm. mostly K-pop. I've would I would like a listening station for K-pop so I know what to what to listen to or whatever. But mm-hmm. no, honestly, my my option was not listening to K-pop. But <laughs> that is an option. <laughs> but that, that's also yeah, just it's you know, especially in Japan, it gets crammed down your throat like even harder, right? So I don't feel like it gets crammed down my throat at all here, really. But that's... Yes. So if you ask a kid what what music do you listen to, it's j-pop and or k-pop and nothing else so you're kind of like eh, no <laughs> i think most people around my age group listen to metal or or just nothing or old stuff well i think if you like if i'm like picture an indie rock band now you're gonna picture like dudes in their late 40s now right i suppose you're gonna see guys with, with graying temples or, or whatever and uh the, as your indie rock yeah. band. it's not it's just not you don't you don't even imagine the young bucks like a rock band and then rock band you think of people like a little older now like now if you're like 60 playing rock that looks right 20 playing rock seems weird at this point doesn't it yeah don't you feel kind of silly for i'm sure that you had a moment like in your 30s or something where you're just like i'm gonna stop playing with bands because it's embarrassing and i definitely i have friends in their 50s who are just like yep doing the band thing sure why not nobody nobody cares it doesn't matter (laughs) the last time i played in a band was more than 15 years ago but i keep playing music so i just i I don't i don't have friends for that i have no music friends anymore i feel like i don't know who it was that said i feel like last time you and andrew and them had like a reunion show that you were talking about just hanging it up before it became embarrassing or something like that which is like probably not actually something to be concerned about yeah I, 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 that definitely didn't come out of my mouth so <laughs> yeah but yeah my point is it's it's not embarrassing anymore i feel like it's, it seems more embarrassing for for the younger set to do it now like you're supposed to you know get some tattoos on your face and and stuff now i've def the uh the only thing I've really seen young people do that made me feel out of touch, and I've seen this maybe two or maybe three times, which I've seen somebody show up and get on stage and just sort of play some popular song off of a playback device and just kind of make up words over it and sing over it, <laughs> which seems like something I feel like that seems like something that like a child would do. Well, now, but, now but you make it like, art. You make it I don't, well i don't know if that is something that's common or if it's just something that i saw because i was just in a place where it was a safe space to do whatever you want and um and someone was just doing whatever they wanted which you know is fine it was just not particularly my cup of tea but i've also seen people who are much younger than me do like weird powerpoint presentations as live as a live show which was amazing <laughs> so hmm. now if you look at the next slide <laughs> but you can do whatever you think about it you can do whatever you want right i know I like know. i've never seen any i've never seen anybody do anything really weird with it but like you could oh you should <laughs> should yeah yeah um that's it's i guess to heard this episode for the modern viewer it's kind of like that the modern thing would be the mystery box right where you're yes. taking all the weird little clues and trying to figure out what it all means. The 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 shaggy dog joke here being it means nothing. He's just screwing with number two for the purpose of screwing with number two. And when you frame it like that, it makes me tremendously happy because mystery box stuff has been like 
some of the most disappointing things in television that I've seen over the past really 30 years. I'm going to go ahead and include X-Files in that. Like all the breadcrumbs that X-Files dropped were ended up just nothing really. It didn't work to me. I know, Sorry, almost, X-Files. It's, it's almost like this episode is like a satire of that, like 30 years before it ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it definitely has, like, you, you know, the one that I got the most obsessed with, I suppose, was Lost, um, which, you know. Yeah, was, I fell off of that pretty quickly. Oh, no, I, I went the whole way through until I was like, wait a minute. They, they didn't answer half of the stuff, and they had, like, a few things. They were like, oh, we'll make it, like, 10 minute after the finale little bumper on the DVD just to explain, like, three or four major things that we completely forgot about. Yeah. I mean, I, I got sucked into Fringe, which was, like... I was about to say I did Fringe too, and that that I mean that felt that was reasonably satisfying. That just had like, hey, we're gonna have the last season be as weird as possible, you know. I I was enraged by the end of Fringe. I was hate watching it because the thing is, season three. God, I don't. I want to just go through this as fast as possible. Season three was obviously they thought they were gonna be canceled, so they just erased one of the characters. And then that meant that they had to devote almost all of season four to explaining a world where the the guy showed back up and then he was supposed to be in love with the lady who didn't know him and she sort of got some of her memory back from the other dimension. It was a ton of time wasted on just cleaning up their thing that was supposed to be a satisfactory end of the series because they thought they were being canceled. Then they made Leonard Nimoy evil for no reason. Then they made the bald guys evil for no reason or just because it was convenient to the plot. And there was the whole thing where the last season was like, we're hiding in a dystopian future where like the bald guys control everything, but like they couldn't ever find. It was just sort of this thing where they were in like their headquarters in a university and somehow the people who control everything couldn't find them how, excuse me. how did you watch that show week uh, to week I think I watched um, I caught up with it by the middle of season 3 like I think I, I watched I sort of binged the first two seasons first and then by the end of season 3 I was watching as it came out yeah, because um, I, I think I'd get the discs like I'd have them shipped to me and then it's like with dinner for like a couple weeks I'd be watching and then like, you know, a few months later do the same thing. So I, I, I never binge shows like I never like put them on one after another, but I might. Well, I don't do it anymore, but I used to maybe do it like, you know, one episode a night. So, well, the the way they handled like the whole thing where the alternate universe, it, it did another thing that was a pet peeve of mine where it's like there's a whole thing where when you go to the alternate universe, it's like you barely able to function and your your nose is bleeding and it's just all this like all this like tension with like how how that like worked out but then by like the third season or the fourth season they were just like oh we could just go there you just like go across a bridge and go to this the other universe which made it just <laughs> boring Anyway, it's been uh, 10 years since I saw that one. But that's the thing. I mean, we've been, we've it, been spending almost a year with 17 episodes. By the time we finish, it will be a year with 17 episodes of The Prisoner, you know? <laughs> well, that's just because you have eight podcasts and I have a bunch of other things going on, too. That's part of it. Um, but this is not a show that you want to... I think The Prisoner is not a bingeable show. It would... It would definitely make me feel kind of insane if I binged it. You, I mean, you could do it, but you could—I mean, of course you could do it. But I mean, within three or four episodes, I think in close quarters you'd end up just like mixing everything together and like you know swapping bits of episodes and ah, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I think they that this show does require a little bit of decompress, which is which I, you know is yeah. built in as it was aired what weekly or whatever at the time, so it, you had that time. I think weekly is very good for this show, or even daily is probably better than watching it all all crammed together um that's kind of my point there was definitely the last time i saw this show in the wild they were definitely running out of one of those uh one of those free like cable channels or not cable channels but you 
you were you were in the states when they switched over to like digital tv right i don't remember I don't. how long i don't well, even remember <laughs> there are a bunch of random broadcast channels that are free over the air like one of them is sort of just like classic tv this or that and they were just running all of the prisoner in order just for in a few order. days in yeah in some order in a row for a few days so you just would turn on the channel and there would be some prisoner episode yeah that's maybe not the best way to do this show this okay. is I mean, you know, The Simpsons, you'll make if you binge The Simpsons. I'm thinking classic seasons of The Simpsons. All probably the newer ones, too. But, you know, you'll jumble those all up, too. But that's kind of fine, right? <laughs> I guess that is another repetitive show. Right. But, well, this one, though, the, the texture is definitely different from episode to episode. But, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's, that's the thing. It's, well, got a, it's got a formula that he's um, effing with, right? This is, a, this, again... I think for the third or fourth time in the row, this feels like a different series. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm, I'm, uh, mm. I turned my heater on and it's drying out my my throat, so I've been coughing. Oh no! Ah, get that vaporizer. Yeah, vaporizer, yeah. Son. Yeah, but um, this one, I guess, having a different two every week really drives at home. You know, that so it this feels really like looked a different like show every week. Did you think this guy looked like King Charles? uh i did maybe i'm I'm looking for I'm, I'm, if i made a note about him no i guess i was talking more about like his uh just his paranoia right that was his defining trait <laughs> even though at the beginning that's another reason that i say this is kind of the dumbest episode of this show is like if you even think a little bit about the beginning of the episode it doesn't make like I was just laughing immediately because it's just this thing where he's trying to convince someone that her husband is cheating on her, I think for some reason. And then it sh sort of zooms in on him, but it doesn't show him actually doing anything. And then she starts screaming and number six is like, I hear screaming. And he's like, like half, like two blocks away, runs up there. She jumps out the window. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. I, thought you, I don't uh, know what's happening. I don't know why any of that happened. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't really know what number... Does number six always come running when someone screams? Well, uh, my notes. One, I thought she looked like Pam from The Office, kind of. Um, the village seems like a reasonable stunning. place to want to slash your wrists. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> that's true. And I wrote, um, uh, six's spidey sense just flared. That's what I assumed was going on. It, it, it did have like a... <laughs> It did have yeah. a bit of a super 60 superhero moment. Like, you know, my prison sense has just gone off or whatever. Yeah. Someone's screaming could mean like anything, really. It could mean that she's just crazy. Yeah. That, I mean, there's plenty of people that just scream in the village for no reason. Yeah. It could mean she's in one of those chambers. Like, I don't see him like running after one of those dudes who's like trapped in a chamber. Yeah. Once, once, and once we get rolling, I mean, in the past, they've just let Six's light down in his apartment or whatever, his cottage, and knock him out, and then they drug him up for, like, a few weeks. I mean, they could do that again. It's true. They could do a lot of things. The only thing they really seem to do is they send the striped shirt guys in the golf cart, which is we're seeing more striped shirt guys. I'm not really clear on what the stripe The striped shirt means police. They're the fuzz. I don't know. Or the, 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 I think I said last week the local, local ruffians. The yeah, ruffians. maybe that's the the ruffian league. Uh, they send the ruffian league to go go abduct him, and then they send a guy to like. This is one of the only times in the series that anybody is like, we have to kill him, and then number fourteen completely fails at that. <laughs> well, of course, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. He fails at that, but uh, Kasho I mean, number yeah, maybe... number six is the best at right. Kasho because he, he invented it. Yeah, <laughs> and it has that music again. That's like the racist music, like and then you're right. And then it's supposed to be like an action scene, and it's just, it doesn't. It's a, not a good. <laughs> I mean, I have to give it to them. At least they tried something different. Whatever it, whatever it was they were doing, the the only thing. The only real issue I take is just that it had racist music, but I mean, everything would have had that. 
<laughs> oh, here's my note that says, I kind of do think number two is stupid. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. This is the worst number two possibly ever because I don't even know what his plan was at the beginning. I mean, what's what's the kibble, you know, at this point in the series? Because we've had all these number twos so far. Maybe, uh, maybe he knows the fates of some of these number twos, and that's why he's flipping out a bit more. Maybe. I mean, what did, what did he actually, I mean, did number 73 dying, like, was that a bet? Was that a failure too? Like that, that never even comes up. Like what, what was he get? If he was getting, trying to get something from her, he failed at that too. So he fails at that. And then he slaps number six and number six, like just proceeds to completely dismantle him over the course of like a day and a half. <laughs> So it's just oh. he's the worst. He's the, I I don't I cannot recall a worse number two than this guy. Well, the episode, as you said, does end with six telling him to call his superiors and tell them <laughs> he does. failed because it's yeah. so, <laughs> no. It's, you're gonna call. Like, could you imagine somebody being like, "You have you have done a bad job. You're gonna call and qu- resign, <laughs> and you would do it." He's done that <laughs> bad a job. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> This, this is, I mean, you know, sometimes you get someone and in, in run in a place that's stupid, you know? Um, yeah, and, and you know, nobody, he fired, he fires the supervisor. This is the last episode we'll see the supervisor in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he fires the regulars. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he fired, he fired the <laughs> butler. The butler will be back, but he fired the butler. He fires the, you know, it's just insane. He fires number 14, who, like, goes and freaks out and correctly correctly assesses that number six ruined his life so the supervisor does not come back then okay this, that's great nope. it's, <laughs> i think that's i don't think that was planned but we've oh, seen yeah, all, we've seen the last the season, episode yeah. with him in it oh, we've yeah, seen the last episode with him in it. yeah many happy returns he wouldn't be in that and then i guess he just didn't nope. come back for the uh the the last ones nope yeah, we're almost to the point of Patrick McGowan losing his mind in the production of the uh, show. Right, just run off for a while. Yeah. Although, although I have heard the uh, he he was doing that to fund the last episodes, which sounds reasonable. Although I do like the idea that he just went nuts and was like, "I have to get out of this." Uh, yeah, I think it was probably a little of little of each. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. But um. Let's see if there's anything else I got here. Yeah, I, I, think, I did say this is the slappiest two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he slapped. He backhanded at least two people. It doesn't even show us what he did to number seventy-three. It just like did the, did like the Simpsons rock bottom thing where it zooms in on his face and then she starts screaming. So we don't even really know. Like I, I took in my summary. I said he attacked her, but that's just what the Wikipedia summary says. I don't even. I wasn't even really convinced of that. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about, you know, the ideas. Six really a um, a spy, which I'm not convinced on, but he, he certainly has some ass kicking skills. Yeah, I mean, he's. Um, I think this is one of those where he gets. Um, usually, he uses these type of skills to try and escape, and instead, he's just. If he was. If he was able to use these skills to escape, well, I guess escaping is harder than just messing with somebody. Yeah, like That's... again, his his skill set here, I don't quite think it's spying he's doing. You know, I mean, it's more like it's more psychological experimenting himself. Yeah, I, it's it's a weird. I don't I don't know how to feel about it. It seems like stuff that someone. It seems like advanced screwing with people. It's more just like brash than anything else. Like anybody could probably, anybody could probably think of all these things to do, but it's like, would you, like, could you imagine like having the guts to like someone's in charge of, of the, whatever the village you're stuck in and you're just like leaving a cuckoo clock on their door. (laughs) It's sort of like, "Mm." so I'm, I'm looking at, um, this is right after the Kosho thing. I'm trying to figure out what my notes mean because I, I don't. Despite all his screaming, he's still setting up traps for rats to end up trapped in a cage. Okay. WWBMD, what would Bomberman do? Why did I write that? Oh, because uh, bomb, bomb Squad? Oh, yeah, that's that's. Oh, yes, that's okay. That's Because he would leave a bomb there and then he would leave. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Okay, good. Hey, I, I, weird. You had to explain my own 
thinking to me. That's kind of fun. Mm. And, and then this one, I don't even know why I wrote this. It just says life hack. If you wear a hooded coat backwards and put a hamburger into it, you've got your own feedback. Well, it sounds amazing. <laughs> so, I, I have no clue why I wrote that, but yeah, it seems like good advice. <laughs> Maybe someone was wearing a, something backwards. I don't know. I had a note about there's a part where number six puts the uh, box out with the uh, pigeon and it looks like really obviously bad green screen, even though it's outside. <laughs> I think that's the problem talking about this episode since nothing in the episode makes sense talking about the episode. Well, listen. It was really hard for me to do the summary because it's literally number six does this, number six does this, number six does this, number six does this. It's just him doing things in in a row. And none it's of like it makes the sense when, story. You, when you explain it, right? Like, I mean, when you were doing your summary, I was sitting here like kind of giggling a little bit because it just sounded so stupid <laughs> when you put it that yeah, way. It's like it's just impossible to make like a, uh, a just when you find yourself repeating yourself like that, you just try to find different ways to phrase the same thing over and over because you don't want to say, you don't want to say that over and over. Number six does this. Number six does that. You say number six does this. Then number six has done this following that. This was done by number six. (laughs) It's like just a, ah, um, so pretty telling this was written by a guy who wrote like no tv basically <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> i i made sure to put in my trivia that he was also known as a puzzle compiler like you imagine he's just like made the jumble for the paper sometimes okay but these puzzles have no solution <laughs> yeah it's it's literally just like the the just um every day you unscramble a word that's almost like the energy this has it's like <laughs> Now, now it's this. Now it's this puzzle. Now it's this puzzle. It's. I, uh, I kind of do wonder if um, it makes sense to go production order and go many happier turns after this. What do you think? Does that make more sense? Like after he's dismantled this number two, they just like okay, let's just leave him. <laughs> well, the the issue is that the guy who was working at the office in London would be the number two from the previous week. <laughs> like that's the thing that, that would really be difficult. <laughs> like you would expect him to at least be like, uh, <laughs> number, uh, I don't know about this. <laughs> number two. Uh, let me see. Are there any orders where, are there any orders where this is after hammer and anvil? If you do production, the order. answer is absolutely not zero. Okay. Um, well, I'll get. I'll just gonna read them. Some of these are like fan orders. Yeah, like, I looked. I seen that that, okay. that chart before. So I mean, yeah, I'm not looking fact, at it now, but most in most cases, many happy returns is like several episodes before it. That's how we did it, right? Or like three. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, it's like seven, ten, seven, fourteen, six, fourteen, nine, twelve, nine, eleven. Like Quoting Bible verses. Now I'm just saying one. things. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually it. second. This uh, this episode is second in order for the what is this? INF? What is that? The oh weird. This is just the warehouse order. Okay, I'm not so going to like the Channel Four's transmission. Channel Four's transmission of the series in eighty three, eighty four. That's a very niche thing to add, but yeah, yeah. So, you imagine this, makes, this is a second episode. It's like, crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, I mean, you you you'd know what was happening, but that's geez. just kind of like that in that order. Number six just kind of shows up and instantly owns the village. <laughs> <laughs> also, is instantly just helping people. I feel like the the order we've watched in has worked a lot because you sort of gradually see him actually like socialize. And at first he's kind of not doing that. Yeah. I think I've said before, the only thing that I, I feel that maybe is a mistake with the one we've been doing is you should probably flip the general on the schizoid man. But I think I said that last time too. So mm-hmm. that's a two timer now. Just like that husband at the beginning. True or not. Maybe he wasn't a two timer. I, I don't know if you want to riff on not riff on it or not but i i did um kind of one i noted that 
this number two seemed like ready to show up at the Capitol on January 6th. He seemed like that kind of guy. <laughs> and that made me feel too bad that the shaman didn't just kind of show up in this episode. That <laughs> cool too. Yeah, he's pretty sweaty. So, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's the, the whole thing with like wild paranoia, you know, like mm-hmm. he's the guy that would go into that, whether, you know, in, in, in any case, he'd just be the sheep you heard, which I guess is why he's. I mean, I wonder if, you know, the, the, they're like, let's put an intentionally terrible number two in place. Like that could be like the village's own mind game. Let's let's put well, a guy in that six can just, you know, smash with his thumb. It it worked because just like last week, we had the uh, the the paranoid or not the paranoid. Sorry, the brainwashing. What was I'm trying to change of mind? How do I say? How do I phrase this? He was the right guy for the communist episode. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. So, um, I do feel like yeah, the number twos are getting more desperate, and and the order we're watching, you know, because mm-hmm. the first couple number twos are extremely confident, right? That's true. There's definitely a lot of um, I yeah. I'm looking early on. We have uh, number two. Yeah, the the free for all and dance of the dead and checkmate number twos were all pretty uh, competent and and the chimes of Big Ben, right? Competent. And then then when we get Schizoid to A B man, that was a we get to A B and C. That guy was like, mm. well, he got he got he got that was number six's first. I guess big victory in in our watching uh-huh. order, right? So yeah, but up to that point, he seemed relatively in charge. A little, what's it he or she? I don't remember. But pushy, you know, mm-hmm. giving our dose that sort of thing. So a, a a little more unhinged, but that's again, that's now on. Uh, that's several episodes it, into our order. That's like that's number six in our order. But our last, th- you know, the last time we had a number two that was like fully in control was many happy returns. And uh, oh, it's right. your funeral. It's your funeral and a change of mind. Both just involve number twos getting kind of like either thrown under the bus or fired or probably killed. Yeah. So that's the thing. Uh, I keep saying the the ramping up of intensity is important. How you order them, and and I do think the uh, the number excuse me the number two is increasingly falling apart and being shoddier because yeah, in this case maybe you do start off with your best people and these are the dregs of who they could put into this position. <laughs> I I loved the I loved Military to think of it as the idea. Of, yeah, I loved to think of the, the idea as just like the HR who's hiring the number twos is getting more desperate. <laughs> like there's someone hiring all these people. It's like, uh, I don't know, get the sweaty guy in here. That'd be a good niche parody show. You you have the um the number two hire interviews <laughs> out yeah, in number number three or whatever (laughs) (laughs) right right if we had a number three i guess we haven't we've had a four though yeah we've had fours so we haven't had a three i think i feel yeah i feel like they've been leaning more on two digit numbers lately yeah i mean i mean the only one that would really perk up is if you saw a one on there right so of course um number one that that was one thing um the star trek strange new worlds um rebecca Amjin's character, the the first officer, right, and then in the original mm-hmm. Star Trek, that character is just number one, right? Mm-hmm. And the fan theory was from her planet, everyone is ranked, and she actually is number one from her planet, and that's her name. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's why she's in Starfleet, because on her planet, everyone is just a number, and like like on the island here, but she's number one on her planet. That's wild. Like, imagine the most. Imagine if the best person on your planet has to go into space. Yeah, the best of us could maybe do go into space. I don't know. Anyway, I, I that not theory, here. That 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 barely makes sense, and I think she does have a name now. But um, I liked the I liked the idea. Hmm. Yeah, because it came. It was in a book, and I was like, oh no, 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 I don't like that. And then and now it's in the series, I believe. So you can't you can't really push that theory anymore. But it was. I thought oh. it was a good one. I want to clarify that when I said not here, I wasn't referring to the U.S. space program. I was referring to millionaires who go into space and oh, privatized okay. craft. Just just so everyone knows what, where I am on that. Okay, okay. Sorry. I, I, was, I was thinking of the Star Trek dream there. So, <laughs> uh, well, 
we'll see if that happens, but it seems like uh, most likely <laughs> we're, we're currently looking at a future with uh, billionaires and whoever they can get to uh, exploit or, or charge money. Hey, would you Possibly. trade your smartphone in for like a functional village phone? What do you mean functional? Like you can call people with it and you're going around with this big. Oh, you mean just like, you mean just aesthetically? Maybe Um, like if it could be a little smaller. Yeah. No, it has to be, it has to be correct size. It's to scale. Uh What if it is like a a belt clip? What if it is just a keypad? But Hmm. it it calls everybody. Sure. I mean, I mean, I don't like talking on the phone. I like texting. So can it text? Um, like the way you would text on old fold up phones. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have to, I have to just uh, hit like two, three times for the letter C, like that kind of thing. That kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> All right, sure, why not? <laughs> See, I knew I could talk you into that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Now, now you have to tell everyone you failed because you let me talk you into a village phone. I'm going to call my call my mother and tell her that I failed. <laughs> I resign. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. This is kind of like I said. It's kind of hard one to talk about because it's so scattershot and just eventy. It's the events are all like nonsensical. It is just yes, a, a series like, of things. It's very fun to watch. I mean, how, it, how do we talk about him flashing a nursery rhyme in Morse code on the beach? It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was one of these things where it's just uh, you can it. It's sort of a thing where I wonder how I would react in this situation. Like, how would I react to someone doing this to me? Because I, watching this, I feel like I would immediately be like, this dude is just mess trying to mess with me, and. It seems so obvious, but induce a coma on this man, like we've done like five <laughs> times previously. Well, maybe I'm not. Uh, maybe they didn't give this number two any coma stuff. Yeah, or maybe he's like, he's an anti-med sort of guy, and that's his school of psychiatricy. Like he's afraid that if he knocks out number six, that it'll, something will happen to him somehow. Let's, yeah. uh, no, he just doesn't like to prescribe drugs. He he feels everyone's over prescribed. So he's like, I'm not going to drug him. I can do this on my own. And then he fails miserably. <laughs> 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 you could say stuff like that because he fails miserably. <laughs> he fails so miserably, and it's got it's um, it, it's one of those. It just doesn't feel like a complete. It. I feel like I'm missing there. There's things missing from this story somehow. Just like. This is- this is the first one where everyone that watches is like, I could do a better job than this guy. I'm smarter than this guy, <laughs> which is not the case. Cause uh, again, the early number two seemed to know quite a bit that you didn't. Right. Whereas yes. This guy's like total mid management, you know, burnout. <laughs> it feels like an advertisement to not get into the uh, spy business. It's like, this is what spy business does to you if you're, or espionage does to you if you just like, like let your brain run away with it. It's like, he's not using, he's using all of his resources just to fire people close to him and make them not trust him. Like you tell everyone sort of like, "Mm, I don't know this guy. I used to play different music on like five different things at the same time. That's Mm kind of like him timing his records. I actually, I mean, well, I've tested record players like that, but not records. <laughs> like you're not going to find a different record. I, it's just, again, you know? it seems obvious. Like, why would he do that other than to, it, especially, especially because your interaction, number two's interaction with number six was to slap him and be like, I'm going to hammer you. <laughs> and then he just goes. You liked that slap, didn't you, big boy? <laughs> how do you think, like, how do you think number six is going to react? It's like, uh, I guess he well, thinks that. He assumes that's a prisoner and he's, he's number two, which we don't really know what that means anyway, but. It does. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's just like, I think it's just catharsis. It's like, you're just supposed to like sit back and enjoy your, you're troubled 
uh, protagonist just getting one over on this evil guy who attacks women in the hospital. Right, right. Yeah, this guy just sucks. It's just, you know, that's, I guess that's why this episode's so fun because it's not like number six is being sadistic or anything. It's like, no, number two is such an idiot who is mean to people that it's kind of just fun to watch him get screwed with for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And watch him flip out, you know, and then just like, yeah. Yeah. Also knowing that he's not going to be back next week. Oh, it's well, one of those things where you, or you assume he's not going to be back next week. Oh, well, the last three episodes have made it clear that number two is not going to be back next week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we are going to come up on, a returning number two but i think that's what the well, last two episodes yeah, are that's, the guy that's, that's the last two episodes so um mm -hmm. it makes sense in that case but yeah because in the first several that we watched it was just like oh it's just a different number two you, you don't really know what happened but until that guy retired maybe that's when they lost like their uh quality work pool when when that the original number two retired and it's your funeral which was two weeks ago because every everyone since then, including the guy in it's your funeral, were just like garbage number twos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you ha maybe the uh, the guy we have in the last two episodes from uh, the guy from Free for All is going. No, sorry, not Free for All. He was from the Chimes of Big Ben. The guy, the Chimes of Big Ben guy, comes back because he was the real main number two. It was the all along? Well, but well, before that guy retired, probably yeah. It feels like we should just be having would this be more fun if if all these guys were like a range of numbers from like two through twenty and they just kind of all had different numbers? No. They all no? have to be number two. Everyone has to be number two. Okay. It's like again, I it's, it's like uh I, I I like to think it's Homer Simpson's nuclear plant where um even the rod eventually gets to be employee of the month, just not Homer. But what if the rod was always a different color? Aha. It's, it's that is an interesting. I that is just an interesting thing where it's like no other. I know of no other TV series that's ever done this. Right. I mean, if you did it now, people would be like, "That's nuts." When, it, when they remade the Prisoner, they couldn't do it because it was too nuts. <laughs> they just had one. Yeah, they had the one guy who was number two the whole time. And I'm like, that that's, sounds terrible. That I mean, I Ian McCollum's great, but that sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> that's one, yeah. That's one thing they even named a bunch of those episodes the same names as some of these episodes. It's just like if you're going to keep one thing from the original series, maybe keep that. Yeah, uh, it's it kind of the most interesting thing, right? Kind of, it's it's a key thing. I'll say that. It's it's interesting. I guess someone was like. Nah, man, we have to make this realistic because it's 2009. It's got to be real. Let's make it twisted. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, number two's in the corn. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I guess I, I'm I'm still like, I, I guess we have to at least skim through it, if not watch it all at some point. But uh, we'll get through this first. because We can try. We'll see what happens. We, I don't know if there's yeah. people out there that really want us to watch that one or not. So I guess if anybody cares. You know what? Us. Yeah. If you care um you know put write it write a message and staple it to it no tie it, it to a pigeon's leg well, it's gonna be blank there's yeah, nothing you have on to it. write a blank letter tie it to pigeon and send it to us right or the... or you can support us i guess i'm doing a spiel support us on patreon i was gonna I, say like, i was gonna say that podcast but go ahead. <laughs> yeah where we do podcastio podcastius on patreon so many p's there uh, you could support us there, get episodes early, have a chit chat here and there. And again, uh, we do some live events every once in a while. Um, we also do sci-fi movies at Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary, a caught Disney and a caught Disney, uh, Twilight Zone at Time Enough Podcast. And you can video game it at Luke Loves Pokemon, Monster Mash about Monster Hunter and the game game show where you will get gamed by the games and other people get gamed by the games true sorry spent that entire spiel slightly needing to clear my throat again <laughs> well if you need to clear your throat find us on twitter or facebook at the prisoner pod okay yeah i just, I just did i didn't do that little part okay <laughs> well okay. i did okay. so anyway go call your mom tell her 
Yep, yep. Tell her you, you resigned because of what you just did with your microphone. Be the anvil, not the yes. <laughs> I'm gonna go call my mom and tell her that I'm a hammer. MC Hammer. Please hammer. Don't hurt. <laughs> no. Me. Yeah, MC Anvil crushed me. Oh no. The anvil would split you, right? I mean, eventually. I I have to find out if there's an MC you. Anvil. MC Anvil. <laughs> 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 <laughs>